Because Money was originally recorded as a video podcast, so there may be visuals that don't carry through to this audio-only version. Please visit becausemoney.ca to see the show notes, related links, and more. And welcome back to another episode of the Because Money podcast. I'm Kyle Prevo, and as always, I'm joined by Jackson Milton and Sandy Martin. Joining us today, we have the incomparable Kate Flanders from BlondeOnABudget.ca. Uh, Kate, amongst other notable feats, has paid off $28,000 in debt and has become the new Canadian minimalism expert after tossing out 75% of her stuff and embarking on a two-year shopping ban. So welcome, Kate. Thanks for having me, guys. So my first thought is... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, incomparable. I like it. <laughs> I threw that one down. Who would you compare to Kate? So that that could nobody comes in. to mind. <laughs> So, my first question is, what spurred this uh, whole paying down debt, and then sort of, was it a gradual slide into minimalism, or was it like an epiphany? Uh, How did that happen? Yeah, it's sort of of funny, because everyone assumes that I sort of like, was maxed out with debt, and then I then I obviously started a shopping ban because I was in debt. I'm like, no, it actually came way after I was debt-free and had absolutely nothing to do with that. <coughs> so, uh, no, so I, yeah, I was 25, just about to turn 26, and I realized I was maxed out with about just over $28,000 of debt, most of which was consumer. Like, of that, only 4000 was school. Um, so, you know, 15000 of it was a car loan. Um, a couple of years before that, I had... I basically just was someone who always spent more than I made. And so before that, I'd like racked up my credit cards and a line of credit and I had a consolidation loan. And uh, and then I'm stupid and didn't (laughs) ever lower the limits on my credit cards, so I just went back to using them, as you do. Uh, And all of a sudden, yeah, I was maxed out. Um, And and by maxed out, literally, like I had $100 left on my uh, credit limit and $100 in my checking account, and I had to make that last for six weeks. So I I sort of had no other option but to pay off my debt. Um, So I did that in two years, and that was kind of a journey in its own. Um, And then after that is when I realized that while I was paying down debt, like I was so aggressive about it, but but at the same time I didn't really ever become a good saver. Like I had no good savings habits. And so my first year of being debt free, I would write these budgets where I would say like, you know, I want to save 20% every month. This was sort of a number that I thought I can probably do that because when I was paying off debt, like there were months where I was paying sometimes up to like 55% of my income towards debt repayment. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I, I should have been able to save 20% no problem, but I couldn't, and realized like I just kind of like let lifestyle inflation creep in and all of that, and was just like having lots of fun, and uh, yeah, and so I I realized like I hated, because I, I on my blog, like, I write these budgets at the beginning of the month, and I say like I'm going to save 20%, then I would get to the end and be like, oh guys, I saved like five, and I would come up with all these excuses for it, and they just weren't really good, and I also hated publishing them, like I just felt so like stupid and bad that I like couldn't hit 20% because based on my yeah <laughs> well based on my income it wasn't that much money like I should have been able to do it um, and so yeah like a year after becoming debt free is when I started the shopping ban and, and got rid of a bunch of my stuff and sort of everything went from there <laughs> that is uh, sort of an, an interesting transition uh, and how drastic was it when you when you were 
sort of looking into minimalism, I assume it wasn't like all at once you just burned half your stuff. Uh, sort of was it like, oh, I don't need a little of this, and now I don't need a lot of that, or, or sort of how did you come to this realization that, that life could be better for many, many reasons, making it simpler, I guess? Is that a fair, fair assessment? Yeah, I feel like when I started it, it sort of was because I realized, you know, like I was spending a lot of money just just on useless stuff, like, and it wasn't, well, not even totally useless. I would just, you know, be one of those people, like, when I went shopping to Walmart, you go pick up the usual list of things, but then you see, like, other things, and you throw them in, and there's $5 here, and 10 and $15 here, and and so I'd, I'd just, like, look around and be like, you know, I have, like, six bottles of lotion, or, like, four bottles of shampoo, or just stuff like that. I'm like, that's, like, a three-year supply of lotion. <laughs> like, that's, like, you do not need to buy more once you get to a certain point. You just don't. So... <laughs> I'm looking at all this stuff being like, I just, I physically don't need more. Um, but that there was a lot of stuff like uh, this, a couple years before I started it, I had actually moved uh, five times in one year. And during that time, I didn't get rid of anything for some reason. So I literally would just like pack all my things in these same boxes, move them to the next place, unpack everything. Like three months later, pack them all back up. And I kept everything. Um, so yeah, I didn't really, like, know that I was going to kind of have revelations as I was eventually doing this. I really just started it because I realized I had enough. Um, but I don't know. I think sort of like the debt repayment. Like, once I start something, I am pretty aggressive about it. So when you're like, oh, oh, did you, like, burn up half your things? I'm like, well, actually, like, in a month, I got rid of over 40% of my stuff. So I sort of did do it all right away. <laughs> But in doing it, uh, um, and yeah, it was regressive. I like would basically, so I started like in my bedroom and I would like empty the closet, the dressers, like every single drawer, and I basically threw everything all over the bed and I could only put back what I was keeping and then everything I wasn't went right into a bag to go away. So how many times have you wished for something that you threw out in the last like year or however long since you had that sort of month-long epiphany? How many times have you wanted that 40% of stuff? Never. I don't even know what any of it was. Not even once. No. That's I, pretty amazing. Yeah, and I just think that that's, it shows you how much stuff you use or don't use, like on a daily or weekly or even monthly basis that's in your home, right? Like, um, yeah, I just don't remember what any of it was. I literally had boxes in my closet, right, like that I just kept moving from place to place, but like I wouldn't even do anything with whatever was inside of it, right? And sometimes it's stuff like, you know, your yearbooks or whatever, and I'm like, I've kept those, and I kept some things, but uh, no, I've never, I don't know, I was aggressive, but I've never missed any of it. And there was actually, like, um, the blog The Minimalists, they have a great trick, and I didn't use it when I was doing this, but now when I talk to other people about it, I always suggest it, like, their thought, it, they call it the 2020 rule for, like, those just-in-case items that you're scared to get rid of. So, like, if you can buy it for $20 or less, and within 20 minutes from your home, get rid of it. And that's not really to condone spending, because like we shouldn't condone people go spend a lot of money, but it's like I've never missed any of them, so I've never spent that $20. No, uh, but it's a good way to give people who are kind of scared of the, well, even the word minimalism, if they're not going to do it because they're never going to really let go of something, giving them sort of an easy rule to follow. Mm -hmm. They may never end up, you know in your life that you're not going to miss those things. Yeah, and you can give them the confidence to do it, knowing that they probably won't use that rule anyway. I think that's really cool. 
Well, because most of the most of the just in case items that I've talked to other people about, it ends up being something like, oh well, I have this cord, like an HDMI cable, or like something like that. I'm like, okay, well you can go to Superstore and get one for five bucks. Like, yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I every guy I know, myself included, has that cord box. Oh yeah. We get cords from every electronic device we've ever owned. We put it in a box and we refuse to throw it out and yeah. it gets tucked away in our closet next to our baseball card collection. Yeah. 1991 <laughs> Donruss baseball cards. Every guy my age has one and we refuse to part with them. Yeah. I did part with mine. I'd just like to say right. I'm kind of on a, on a very similar journey towards minimalism cool. and I got rid of a whole bunch of stuff that had incredible meaning to me that I have no idea what it is. Mm -hmm. But it's gone, and I'm so happy. Do you know what I love most, Kate? Actually, it was a very recent post of yours. I think it was even yesterday. You were talking about how you used to have on your list of things to do every day. I'm going to clean. I'm going to clean. Mm -hmm. And what you meant was, I'm going to put things away, and I'm not going to, like, it's not scrubbing or anything. It's just I'm putting things away. And now you don't have to have that on your list because everything that you mm -hmm. have, you have so few things that are actually useful, like you just put them in the place that they belong all the time. I love that. Oh, I love it so much. I can't yeah. even begin to express it. Well, and that's just the thing. Like, so it's like I was saying, like minimalism sort of started as this thing about the stuff. Like it had just to do with stuff, and you know, I have too much of it, and I should get rid of some of it. And then I got rid of like forty percent, and then over the, over the course of a full year, I got rid of seventy-five percent of my stuff, and. The reason I was able to do that because every month I would kind of look around and be like, I haven't touched that yet. I still haven't touched that. I haven't touched that. So it's all stuff related. And now that it's all gone, the the biggest, I mean, there's a bunch of things, but one of the biggest benefits of it has been how much time I get back. Right? And it's not just the time of like, oh, I don't clean anymore. Like you have to clean your bathroom and you have to clean your kitchen. That uh, I don't have to tidy up, we'll say. But it's like there's so much time that we don't even – and like mental space that is taken up when you have clutter in your home, whether it's just thinking about like, you know, that you're going to have to clean it eventually and you feel that constant dread of like, oh, like I don't want to and, you know, you have to. And 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 then aside from that, like <coughs> how many things you might hold on to. Like I was really bad for buying um, books I thought I would read, but I really had no interest in reading them. But I was like – well, like, a certain version of Kate should read this book. Or, like, I want to be the kind of person who reads this book, right? And so I have all of them, and then I would look at them, and I would just feel bad, right? And yeah. so it removes all of that stuff, too, right? Like, I don't, I don't look at my house anymore and see, like, that camera that I never pick up, and you feel bad about it. Or, like, that, that craft or arts project or something, or, you know, some, some DIY project. I don't look around and see all that stuff because... I'm never going to do it. And so once I finally sort of let go of all that, I was like, okay, no, this is who I am. All the rest can go. And just like, I don't know, it's just, it's so much easier. So it, it frees up so much mental space uh, and physical time that I don't have to like think or worry about, about stuff that I don't want to do. So what's the entry point for people? Because I think we are very convinced that because from our perspective of having already done it or having done something like it or being convinced in our own lives as part of our journey, but if you're telling somebody about the benefits of what you do and what your life is like, without them having that moment of feeling overwhelm or, you know, the debt moment, any of those things, how do you, how do you convince somebody that you know needs to be convinced? Yeah, there's a couple of things. So um, one is, well, I usually say, like, start with a room. And I would even go further than that and just say, like, start with, start with the room you do actually spend the most time in. 
and, and it might only be, I think they call them like invisible corners, which are like the corners where you kind of just shove everything and you don't, uh, you know, you don't actually touch it ever and don't actually use whatever you put over there and you you kind of like pretend it doesn't exist, but it does and every time you see it, you kind of get that shuddery feeling of, uh, anyway, so start with the room that you spend the most time in um, and and, you know, go from there, but the other thing is, <coughs> um, I'm trying to think of how to explain this. Basically, like removing, we all have little daily annoyances in our homes without realizing it. So for me, in in my last place before I moved, it was um, that I I my desk area like it was always really dark because I had it facing this window. I had a beautiful view in my last place, but it got really dark at night, and so I'd always be annoyed going to my desk at night because if I wanted to Skype with anyone, I didn't have a light. And it was super dark, and like it was just this annoying thing. For other people, it could be like you know when you're in your kitchen and every time you go to do this one thing, it's not where you think it should be, but you keep putting it back where it doesn't really make sense. Um, so stuff like that, because for me, this whole thing started was because I couldn't find my can opener, and it was because I kept putting it in the stupidest spot. And so my my brain just, like, my, I was always annoyed when I needed it and, and stuff like that, and the whole thing, like, then it started where I was, like, then in my kitchen pulling things out of drawers, being like, oh my god, I don't want any of this, like, it's all in the wrong spot, or I just need to get rid of it. Um, so start paying attention to the little annoyances you're in your home. It could be super simple stuff, like every time you go to reach for a dish, you like think of going to a different cupboard um, and stuff like that. So like when you do try to fix those little things, see if there's something in that space that you can get rid of. Oh, oh man, I'm gonna go to my default comment, which is I really love that. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely. Like, I, I know I was aggressive about it in the beginning, but now it is truly, like, you know, just every month kind of looking around. I still get rid of stuff. Like, not a lot, but at Christmas, my I or in November, I helped my dad get rid of quite a bit of stuff from his basement. And I was still able to, like, go back to my place and find, you know, five things that I didn't need. Because I could look and be like, you know, I've been back in Victoria for five, six months now, and I've never used this thing, so I don't need it. Um, so oh, and the other thing, if, if anyone has kids that I've heard uh, is a really good one, and but people could put it into practice for themselves too, is, um, okay, so, because it's really hard to get kids on board with getting rid of stuff, like, especially young kids, because you got to think, like, possess, like, the things that they own, it, it's all they have. Like, mm -hmm. kids, are pr kids are pretty crazy where when you ask them what they're grateful for, they'll, they'll throw out, like, the dog and this table, and, like, they'll throw out all kinds of weird <laughs> things usually, but when it comes down to it, like, what is in their bedroom is everything they own, and because they didn't even purchase it, like it was gifted to them, or they just, you know, like they're so scared to get rid of it. You can't say to a kid, like, okay, let's get rid of all your toys. They're like, what? <laughs> you can't do that. So uh, one of the things I've read many times is to, like, when they're not there, if there's stuff you know they've outgrown. Steal it. <laughs> no, totally. But, like, when, when they're not there is grab it and put it in a bag and then just put it in a closet for, like, 30 days. Or, th or even 60, and if they haven't asked for it in that period of time, then get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, so you can even do the same stuff with your own, like if you're a little too nervous to get rid of some things, like box it all up for a couple months. That's actually another thing that one of the minimalists did, I think he called it a packing party, which is kind of funny, but <laughs> he called it a packing party. But his idea literally was he packaged every single item that he owned, other than probably like his toothbrush and put it in a box, and I think he lived with like that for like three or four weeks, and anything he hadn't used in that three or four weeks, he got rid of. 
I'm like, that's that's really aggressive. So, like people don't have to do that. But but the idea is interesting, right? Like put put stuff away that you don't think that you're gonna use, and if in a month you haven't used it, get rid of it. Oh yeah. And so, how successful do you think do you think it's been for you? First of all, how long has it been since that first month? Okay. Uh, so that was July 2014. It's like a year and a half or so. Right. And so, how successful? There's there's sort of two sides to it, right? It's it's been very mentally freeing for you, which you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Financially, how much do you think you can sort of directly or indirectly trace back to this mindset? Are you much more successful in meeting those go- those monthly goals now? Yeah, well, um, so I'm I'm crazy, and at the same time of doing all this, I you know put myself on this two-year shopping ban. Um, where like I'll I I still buy things, but it has to be something I really need, right? Like it has to be like my car battery is actually dead right now, and my car is like seven years old, and it's somehow still on the original battery, so. I've tried uh, charging at my dad's. It's not going to work. I'm going to need to buy a new car battery. Those are things that you have to buy. Um, So, yeah, at the same time of doing that, I think what I really realized, both in getting rid of stuff and then not being able to bring more in, is, like, what I actually value in life. And so people read about it probably a lot on my blog, but especially last year, like, I traveled a lot. Now, when I was younger, like when I was in my early 20s, I used to talk about wanting to travel all the time, but I could never seem to make it happen. And now I'm like, it's been quite easy. And it's because I'm just not blowing little bits of money everywhere, right? So like I can very easily make travel part of my budget every single month, whether it's saving for a trip or going on one um, because of that. And then, yeah, I would say, I mean, I went from saving, what did I say, like maybe 5%. Like I think the most I saved in a month that first year I was debt free was 12%. And now, it sort of fluctuates now because uh, since last summer I've been a full-time freelancer. But let's say now it's probably 25%. Wow, that's impressive. And, and um, the first year that I was doing this experiment, I, I had a full-time job. <laughs> uh, and so I had regular income, which made it a little bit easier to sort of figure all out. So that first year, um, I lived on 51% and then saved 31% and I traveled with 7, 18%. Uh, so I, I spent a lot of travel that year uh, and I'm not doing that this year. I'm not really doing any travel really this year. Um, but yeah, so you know, 25-30% of my income that I'm able to save now and, and still spend a ton of money on travel or at least last year. Because you know what I love about this and I love about your blog is that it's not about not spending. It's about, it's about spending on the things that actually bring you fulfillment, meaning, real utility. I, 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 that's something that I think if we could, of course, <laughs> here's my prescription for the whole world, if we could all just kind of focus in on the things that actually, and I think it's a, it's a period of time that you have to do it, of course, but you focus in on the things that are really, really important to you, and then it's not a matter of deprivation because you can't go buy that extra shirt that you don't really need. It's, yeah. I get to buy these things that are meaningful to me. Yeah, I think, number one, utility is a great word for it. Like, one of the things I think about a lot with minimalism stuff is when you look around your home, you should actually, like, your objects are supposed to be useful, Right, like it's okay to have like a little bit of decorative stuff and stuff like that, but it's everything is meant to be used. So if you have all this stuff that's not being used, it's literally not serving its purpose, right? So if you donate it to something, maybe someone else can actually use it for for what it's worth. So yeah, no, like I think minimalists in general, 
Um, at least most of the conversations I have with people who identify as minimalist, like they're quite happy to spend money. Like I spend a lot of money on travel. Um, but yeah, like that first year, like being just being totally honest, I think I spent around ten thousand dollars. I'm like, that's not that's not like penny jig, right? Like, uh, but it. I had an amazing year, right? And and my living. Ex I think the other thing that was important for me is is or like if we talk more money stuff is I think one of the problems I used to have when when I used to think about savings is I was like, you know, everyone tells you to save ten percent or twenty percent, and I was like, I think we're actually doing it backwards. Like I think the most important thing should actually be getting your living expenses to kind of a number that you average out every month over the year. So for me I know it's about $2,300 a month. That some months it'll be like 26 or so or and then I had a crazy month a couple months ago where it was only like $1,800. So, But I know I need $2,300 a month-ish on average uh, and then everything else should be saved or, or spent on travel. But as long like, <coughs> excuse me. But yeah, so I think, and and in doing that, I now because I'm not just set on like you know when my when I get paid or when, every time I get money, I do put some of it aside right away. But then kind of all the time, like when I have extra money, I'm always shoveling it over to savings. So I'm like, I don't need this, I don't need this, I don't need this, and it just needs to go. Yeah, I I find a hard I have a hard time like explaining to people sort of my views on money because they hear you know young and thrifty or blonde on a budget mm -hmm. uh, these these names. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's all about being cheap. Or they're like, oh, I get my students are like, Mr. Prevo, did you see that deal that's on? And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. Like, do you need that though? Like, it's not really a deal, right? So, it's not about being cheap. It's about getting utility out of your money. And and uh, and why do I why do I want to invest? I don't invest to keep score, as the billionaires say. I'm I'm not billionaire status. Um, yeah. And so, breaking news. And uh, and. And so it's not. It's just a matter of at some other point in my life, living the lifestyle I want and putting my money where where I value sort of that that piece of life. But uh, it's like a really hard concept to get across. It's either like you seem to either just be totally buying into the consumerism, uh, you know, Steve Jobs tells you what you need mindset, or 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 you're buying into the like, oh, don't buy anything. Like just, just you know, live on the street, uh, sort Dump, of ex extremism that these people, when they hear the word minimalism, they're like, oh yeah, they haven't bought clothes in eight years. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but then the funny thing is, I'll say is like, a, a minimalist will probably spend the most on clothes in the few items that they buy. Like, right. you know, like I, not everyone, but I know some who are like very happy to spend two hundred dollars on jeans because it's the one pair that they're going to wear for like a year, right? And they're not going to buy a pair that's twenty bucks. And I don't, I don't. Well, certain items, I'm, I'm on board with that, and I'm not. But uh, like, I'll pay good money for a jacket, like a a rain jacket that is very important in BC. It would be the same as like you guys, right? Like you have crazy, like cold winters, so you need a solid jacket. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> Is it snowing right now? It's awful. It's really horrible. Oh, I haven't actually looked because I'm so used to going to Toronto like every two months for work and I haven't been out in a while. I haven't even looked. That's probably wise. Yeah. <laughs> so Kate, why don't you tell us a little bit about then what you're doing. I mean, I think your your calendar, your planner for the year came from your own spending structure and infrastructure. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, like uh, mindful budgeting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, um, 
like so I first came out with it just as like a print product so people can just download the PDFs and print them off once a month and the idea really is like I don't know everyone always hears or like when you read financial advice you know it's just like oh track your spending track your spending but I felt like if I could actually create a sheet that made it really easy like sometimes you just you don't think about it I used, I worked in online learning for five years and Kyle will know this too as a teacher like you just sometimes you, there, I don't know like I used to just use use a notebook for it and it was a mess and whatever but like not everyone works like that like they need some more structure right like they need, it's like getting a lesson plan you need it actually laid out in front of you of what you're supposed to do so I just thought you know if I can lay it out in template format then that'll be the best way but so really it's just like tracking your spending every week and learning how to budget um, but the biggest thing is at the end of every week and every month. So every week there are three questions to ask yourself. Um, and it's really just making you reflect on the money that you spent in the week before. So some of it's like, you know, what's the best money you spent? Like how, how many times have you ever asked yourself that? Right? And like it, it could be anything. Like it could be like the $5 coffee that you took a girlfriend out for because you hadn't seen her in a month or whatever. Or it could be that I'm buying a car battery tonight. <laughs> You know, but like now how you can drive, so that's a good <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> wonderful. So it could be anything, um, and and asking yourself stuff like that every week, and then just like what do you want to work on and stuff like that. But asking yourself that every week, and just it doesn't take that long to answer it, but making yourself reflect on it, it just keeps putting back into you like, hey, what do I value, and what what am I okay spending money on, right? Like. I used to hate when I when I was um, still in debt and paying it off. That was the first time I'd ever started tracking my spending, and I hated that five days a week I wrote down that I went to Starbucks. And and now I like I will go out for coffee occasionally with a friend, but I it's so crazy how the switch has happened that it's not that I'm like anti Starbucks or anti takeout coffee. I love like a if I treat myself, I love like a nice latte. But it's I actually like genuinely hate things like waiting in line. Uh, the drink maybe not being you know full enough or taste the way you want it or whatever, and then you're like, oh, I wasted five dollars on this. Um, but it's mostly all the waiting, even takeout, like going to restaurants and stuff. Like there's a couple that I know because I have friends who own them, so I'm like, I know I'll always have a great time. But now, generally, I hate the like waiting in line to, to just to sit down and then waiting for your food, and then the worst is like waiting for your bill to pay for the meal <laughs> that you already waited and waited and waited for. <laughs> But it's just interesting, like, it's, it's been a really, like, long-term change. None of this stuff happened overnight. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, so for mindful budgeting, it's really uh, going back and asking yourself every week what your value or what you value spending money on. And then at the end of every month, I have different questions that I'll ask them to check in on. But some of it could be, like, you know, maybe you've never done a shopping ban before and maybe you don't want to. But, like, for, based on your last month's of spending, what do you think you could cut out next month? Uh, and it could just be one thing, right? Like maybe it's just that you stop going to Walmart because you're picking too much extra stuff up or <laughs> it could be anything. Um, but yeah, so it's just really making people more mindful of the decisions that they're making every day. The feedback from it has been fascinating because it was it was one of those things where I was like, this is just stuff I do without, without all the paper or like messy notebooks. <laughs> this is just yeah. stuff I do. And then when people actually use it, like the feedback is crazy. I had one girl write a blog post on her own blog uh, saying that her and her husband paid off $5,000 of debt last month just because they were more mindful of all that they were doing with their money. And I'm like, well, I don't know how much you make, but that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Um, but even just little stuff, like I've never realized how much I was actually spending um, going to Tim Hortons every morning, or I've never realized this or that, and these other goals are more important to me, and so then they feel comfortable stopping it, because it's not about depriving yourself, it's like then they realize, like, you know what, I'd rather do this though, and so they, they don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, and it comes so second nature to us, like we just, you know, I know I don't value takeout coffee anymore, or, like stuff like that, and so it's easy for me to get rid of, but it still took a long time for me to get there. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a thing that people don't realize when they first have that epiphany that like, oh, I have to change and I need to do all these things and it, I, I always feel like a really wet blanket sometimes, but I feel like I need to discourage people in order in, to encourage them later. That like, it's not going to be easy, mm -hmm. it's going to take a long time, it's so worth it, but you really have to stick with actually paying attention and to borrow a word, being mindful of what's happening while you do it. I think that's really great. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I know one time one time after I got done reading one of Kate's posts, uh I'm I'm I guess sort of a, a naturally rural born minimalist and that I don't I've never had a major shopping center close by. Mm -hmm. So that part's good, but my one weakness is Amazon. And Amazon is awesome at getting you to buy stuff. Mm -hmm. You sort of might want or you might use them to project images of yourself, like you were saying, Kate. It's easy to collect books instead of read books. Mm -hmm. And uh and there's a difference there. <laughs> Um, and so I am quite conscious about that now. I was like, no, before I buy anything from Amazon, uh, and Amazon's terrible, because they like email me, right? They, I always joke they know me better than I know me, because they're emailing me. They're like, oh, your new author came out, and if you like that author, maybe there's this. And uh, I'm totally so stuck in that trap right now, Kyle. Seriously, <laughs> Steph and I have been doing a lot of canning, and we've we've got some plum I, plum preserves that we're gonna make into fruit leather, and we needed cool. some trays for our dehydrator. Apparently, there's okay. special trays. Okay. Right, right. I looked on Amazon and forty dollars for two trays. I'm like, I thought these would be like dollar store materials. So <laughs> I'm like, forget it. I'm not buying them on Amazon. And the next day on my Facebook feed, it's like, do you need trays? And I'm like, it's <laughs> on my Facebook now. They're following me around. Where have you sale on trays? On them, and I'm like, wait a minute. They're twenty dollars. Like seriously, it's terrible. But yeah, well, you just have to be aware. Of and that. I just want to jump on it and yes, yeah, spend. If you're an impulsive person, avoid Amazon. Or just yeah. be aware, like it, whether it's keeping it in the cart for forty-eight hours, whatever sort of tips you want to use. Um, just be aware, like. All the studies show that if you think about thinking, uh, so in other words, if you are cognizant to the fact that Amazon doesn't want you to think, you're going to be okay. Like, yeah. a, a small amount of satisfying those impulses is okay, but just totally giving in, because Amazon, one-click shopping, it's perfect. Oh, yeah. It's the perfect modern way to no, uh, overspend. And a warning, I know I've put this out probably in season one because money, one-click shopping is one-click. I had no idea. I loaded my shopping cart up with nine different headphones. I was going to do comparisons after. I'm like, one click to buy. I clicked it, and it's like $384 on my credit card. I'm like, oh, no. So oh, no. I had Christmas presents for months. Oh, my gosh. It oh. happens. It happens. And it happens to me. So I avoid Amazon. Well, that's the thing. I actually was never a big shopper, um, like, in-store. Amazon was it for me, too. Like, I would buy any time I saw a book, like, mentioned that I was like, oh, I should read that. <laughs> I would go on Amazon and uh, put it in the shopping cart and then do whatever it took to get it up, up to $25 so you could get free shipping. 
Uh, yep. Yeah. And so I did that constantly. I probably bought four to six books minimum every single month. And I can read that now, I'm proud to say, but like I never read that much back then, right? And so I was like, what was I doing? Like I'm just I'm just stockpiling books for like one day when they're never available. I have no idea. For <laughs> the apocalypse. <laughs> the book apocalypse. But you had an awesome book collection, which was the main idea. So yeah, I actually I got rid of some books too. I mean I donated to the library. I didn't burn sure. books or anything. <laughs> Start a fire in your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we ride off into the sunset, Kate, uh, where can our audience find you if they want to learn more about minimalism and some of the resources you have and, and listen to your podcast? Yeah, oh yeah, new podcast. <laughs> and you just got like numb, you just like rocked like in the top however many in Canadian oh podcasts. Like, for... it's not like, yeah, it's not like that every day, but it was wild. It was like number five in like the first few days like in the business category or whatever very very cool well done yeah yeah it was wild also because we did all the things wrong like they tell you like when you launch podcasts have like x many episodes like also Carrie and I didn't do any of that <laughs> so, uh yeah so no I'm uh dot com. uh twitter instagram always blonde on a budget uh, and then, yeah, uh, Carrie Smith and I, who writes a blog called Careful Sense, we kind of just combined our brands and created a little podcast called Budgets and Sense. Uh, so, yeah, that's out now. All right, cool. Well, stay warm out there, Canada, and we will catch you next week on the Because Money podcast. Goodbye. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Because Money is a labor of love and involves no ads or other sponsorship. Be sure to click the like or subscribe button where you downloaded this from, as we'll help other listeners find the podcast and raise our profile, which in turn makes it easier to book guests. Please visit becausemoney.ca for show notes and related links.